Really? Chew on, brother. Fuck. Chew on. <laughs> All right. Well, it's just fruit cheese. Oh, this episode delicious. of Reptile Fight Club is brought to you by Welch's Fruit Shoes. They're Get my favorite. What's what's your you have a better slogan? No. Okay. Sorry. We'll go with Get Your Chew On. Yeah. yeah you, Thank you, Welch's, for sponsoring this episode of Reptile Fight Club. I uh, think you just contractually got us into trouble. <laughs> I don't think you can do that. Okay. Well, if anybody from Welch's is listening, that was a, a joke. Oh. Because Chuck is enjoying one of your wonderful, wonderful products. I'm I'm enjoying several of them. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, maybe we should get a sponsorship. Maybe they'll start sending you products if we mention them, you know. I don't know. All right. Well, I'm uh trying to get through the a book. I got invited to, or well, I kind of invited myself, but, um, Mm -hmm. to, uh, Eric's book club because they're talking about stolen world and I freaking love that book. So yeah, (laughs) hopefully I think it'll probably, it'll be out before you hear this. So you probably, so you have to know how to read to get into Eric's book club. I don't know. I just know that I've read it a couple times and it's, it's one of my favorite books. I love that book. If so I could like, if I could get a book on tape and listen to it, can I be in the club? That's what I was trying to do. I was trying to find it on tape because that'd make it a lot easier to get through it. But right, I just right. I knew I had a copy of it somewhere, but I couldn't find the physical copy. And and then I remembered I bought it on um Amazon, what's the Kindle app? And oh. so I was trying to find it there and I logged in under mine and it wasn't there. So then Heidi logged in, it was on hers. So that would have been awkward if somebody had stolen your stolen world. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, very, uh, uh, poetic justice. Oh I guess. yeah. That's me. Poetic justice. There you go. Yeah. I'm, I'm more, I'm more Tupac than Janet Jackson though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, listener, and uh, we're excited to to fight again today. We need to get some guests on here. We've got we've got a couple lined up. Um, we just got to find some good topics. Yeah, and, we look like two dudes that have no friends. Yep, that's yep. true. It's true. Hey, we got each other, so that's all that counts. That's all we, I need, man. Gotta we'll fight with each other till the till the day we die. Like marry like a married couple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, you're going to come see me though soon, right? Yeah, man. I'm All excited. Right. That's going to be awesome. Again. Well, it'll be a pretty short, <laughs> short venture, but it'll be a few hours of, of, you know, straight herping, but that should be fun. I'll talk it's to the good. reptiles before you get here, man. It'll be popping. Okay. Oh yeah. If you want to go out a day or two before and just, you know, spread the word, out, you know, figure out what's out, what's going on. <laughs> you You deserve a little time off of work, man. I do. When you've been uh, putting in the hours. It's ridiculous. I don't even want to go there anymore. <laughs> I need uh, a way. I need a way that I can be self profitable without actually having to do my job. There uh, you go. And that's there a trick. Go. It's really a trick. Oh, yeah. You oh, can yeah, do that. Sure. Yep. That's for sure. Mm. So many people do that, but yeah, I haven't figured out a way to do that. 
I, I showed up to showed up to work. I got there early. I, f- I was feeling good about myself. Like here I am early to work. I'm in my office typing away. And then I got an hour into it. I get a text. My coworkers like, are you coming to this training? I'm like, Oh crap. I forgot about a select agent training. So I listen, to- that's when you just say <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I wish <laughs> these select- are, these are like, mandatory trainings yeah. even though i only go in the, the lab would, itself like it, twice a year i would then. almost venture a guess that the select agent training is not optional but yeah yeah you know it just sounds like a mandatory yeah. so, so what's up are you are you guys are you select agent training on monkey pox <laughs> no we don't work with any poxes anymore we did we did work with uh a few pox viruses back in the Back in the day, but no more pox virus. Or they're making a comeback. Yeah, I mean, monkey pox pops up every once in a while. I've I've seen a few outbreaks in my time, but uh, I don't know. I I think they stopped funding work, and then the guy that was doing that work retired, and so we just haven't gotten into oh, pox research. Yeah, be careful of the you know petting your prairie dog that you just imported. Wait a minute, is it prairie dogs? I, I think I read dogs, something I like African African rats or something was, yeah. a, was a potential, I, but they haven't think, really identified a host animal. Is that is that not true? No, no, they've identified several host animals. I think I think that was. I mean, it wasn't in the prairie dogs to begin with, but they were they like shared air or whatever at the import facility. So the prairie mm. dogs caught it from yeah whatever rat or or other you know, gotcha. monkey or something that brought it in, and then they transmitted it i think to to somebody who bought a prairie dog i that seems to ring a bell i could be way off but yeah i'll be careful when i buy some prairie dogs good old viruses man they they're uh they're wacky they 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 are important these days (laughs) well they've been important for a long time i suppose yeah I I, i i think they've definitely been important yeah so Eric's backyard would have been our nation's capital. Uh, Philadelphia would have been. Uh, oh, I was thought you were being like place. really literal, and I was like, that would be awesome. No, no, we, it, we could it, have Carpet Fest <laughs> in Eric's backyard, well. and it would be the nation's capital. <laughs> no, All right, now, now in real terms, explain what yeah. you mean because I don't Phil- know. What you're Philadelphia about. was the capital of the United States for like before it was the United States, right? While they were kind of forming the. The different uh, governmental, uh, whatever you want to call it. I, I'm not thinking yeah. straight. I, I'm yeah, very yeah. eloquent today. Yeah. We don't <laughs> so, get bogged down with details on Fight Club. <laughs> Move on. Come on. But uh, but then yellow fever hit. They, I guess, from importation of slaves and things like that. So serves them right, I suppose. But um, you know, the yellow fever started spreading among Philadelphia. And so they abandoned it. It just took off anybody in the government or that had enough money just, uh, took off and, and left. Ooh, here's a little visitor. My, uh, sweet wife. Ooh. Say hi to, say hi to the people, Heidi. Hey people. What's up, Marty people? Hey! It's just me and the dog. So. Oh, hey. I was gonna see you guys in the Dr. Pepper song. <laughs> She's fueling my uh, my fight with the Diet Dr. Pepper. So I'll see your Welches and oh, crap. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. This what? episode of Reptile Fight Club brought to you by Diet Dr. Pepper. Drink the pepper. 
Wait, what's their slogan? I don't I know. Like, I do. The pepper. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> She's much better yeah. at this than you are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got summer too, man. Everybody's popping in. Say hello. But people can't see this, right? <laughs> no, no, they can't see it. Can they can this. just hear it. So it makes for yeah. riveting uh, audio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well. Hello, world. Here's one oh more. Oh my visitor. gosh, the whole oh Twitter gosh, family, the whole family. Is coming in. This is it's awesome. Chuck, yeah. Do you remember Chuck? This, <laughs> you remember <laughs> Ashley? Yes, of course. Of course. Chip Pants is the, the all the famous man. Chip Pants. Yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Ashley's been waiting to say that. In case you didn't hear that, she said, laugh it up, Chuckles. <laughs> I do. Oh, okay. I do. He does. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. 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 Good luck to you. Yeah. yeah. Are you gonna, are you gonna hey are you are you ready for those uh blackhead eggs? Oh man, I'm so ready. Uh, I I just hope they, they make I wasn't talking to you, Julinder. Oh, oh, Summer. <laughs> sorry, Summer's gone. She's gone. Nah. She, she was All the right, one I, that I was gathered them. Yeah, I know. Hopefully I know that's man. why that's why I kind of threw that her way because yeah, I know she was instrumental in getting them into the incubator. In good in good condition mm-hmm. and like you know ready to yeah. go and here they yeah. are like a week or less from distance <laughs> and the smile yeah. on your face if 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 the, <laughs> the internet could see I'm sure they can feel that just radiant glow of my smile oh for my thinking gosh. about blackhead eggs hatching now if they don't hatch oh man that's gonna change that smile pretty pretty quick but um, I I looked at so there was. You know, they're they're looking like the end of incubation, you know, they're looking a little hashed and <laughs> a little and, a, l- a little bit better better yeah. worse for the wear, but I mean they're they're sinking in quite a bit. And there was one that looked like ah, I don't even think this is fertile or gonna make it or anything. And so I thought, well, I'll open it up and see, you know, just a little window inside. And so I, I cut a little slit and looked inside and, and there was a move a little blackhead baby moving around. So even even the worst looking egg looks like it's got something good in it, so I'm really well, stoked. That's a dang Gosh. good sign. I really need these things to hatch, right? No doubt. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I feel like just for your own sanity and peace of mind. Yes. This has been uh, a thing. This has been a thing this year, which is good, a yeah. good thing, but a thing nonetheless. Yeah. It just it just needs to happen. That's all. Yeah. Are you going to get a third inland clutch? It doesn't look like it. Although okay. I don't know, the female just shed a little while back, and she looks pretty full. But I, I don't know. She might be a little on the overweight side, so it's hard to tell. Um, so it may or may not come. But I always do um, this. I always do exactly what you're doing, and then eggs come, and I'm like, oh yeah, what was I thinking? She totally wasn't, you know, that big. Yeah. And then, yeah. Then I'm like, oh, why, why, why did I doubt myself? Yep. It's, it's tricky this time of year. And I think you hear that from a lot of people, right? Yeah. Hear Eric and Owen talking about that, how, you know, you second guess it. Oh, and, but then if you, if you have somebody come visit, they're like, oh yeah, that, that girl's grabbing for sure. You know, dude, did you, did you hear Eric, did you hear Eric and Owen on NPR? Yeah. Yeah. Owen's looking for the source of the Mac and Wookiee. Oh yeah, he was trying to, uh, <laughs> he's trying to pin yeah. it down. You know, it, if he'd listened to the podcast, I know he would know this whole like 
he would know that he would know that there is no one person <laughs> to blame for the Mac and Woogie. Oh, there is no one person. One there is a net. This sure. is a net. This is a network wide the, thing. I feel the like name every Mac and Wookie comes down to one genius oh, mind. I don't know about that. <laughs> that's, that's, I may just uh, be the spark that lit the fire. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, you got to take credit where credit's yeah. due. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Come, come on, NPR Network. Am I wrong? Am I wrong in anything that I've said? <laughs> Mac and Wookie is a wonderful term. And yeah. oh gosh, I I got a shirt, you know. And, oh nice. And, uh, Did you get Andy Middleton? You got his size, and I got his size. Got the shirt, and then I totally spaced off printing it and ironing it <laughs> and getting all that stuff done. So I'm still uh, still. In the process of uh, getting the Mac and Wookie shirt. Don't worry, there. Andy. You'll get your shirt. Come. Andy will get the shirt. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll get it done before my trip, and then we'll get it sent off to him. Hopefully, he'll get it. If if, if we're out herping in the Anza Borrego Desert and Justin hasn't sent your shirt, I will flog him for you. <laughs> and and I guess that, you know, when you win something, you can't be too, you know, like well, demanding, it, right? it was you know? free, and let's be honest, <laughs> right. the Mac and Wookie is an elusive creature, so you can't exactly expect your shirt to just come right away. You know what I mean? There it's like hide and seek for go. a t-shirt too, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, you know, it'll it's like the mystery of the Mac and Wookie. You know, you never know when it will when it will show up. That's you know? true. So, <laughs> be surprised. You You'll be surprised. Don't know when you're going to encounter the Mac, Mac and Wookie. Yeah. So. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been, uh, you know, been, been, uh, around the Mac and Wookiee quite a bit and it's, it's pretty thrilling, you know, Just the Mac and Wookiee's busy this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he's getting really, married. He's getting married. He's <laughs> got a lot of eggs to take care of and a lot of snakes <laughs> that are going to come. Yep. He's going to be a very, very busy guy. <laughs> He'll finally have a chance of being a proven male. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch, indeed. Yeah. So, all right. Well, what's what's going on with you? Mm, nothing. Besides your Welch's fruit chews. Leave me alone. <laughs> They're delicious. They're delicious. <laughs> to be fair, he did ask me to wait to record. So yeah. Well, he I didn't. He just pushed. He just pulled a. He pulled an Eric. Well, it's a reverse Eric, right? Like, like. <laughs> Like Eric is supposed to shut it off, but he leaves it running. And then Owen says something. <laughs> Justin just hits record before and, and doesn't tell me. And then I say stuff. So it's like, it's like the reverse Eric. Yeah. Good anyway. Good yeah. So uh, what's going on? Um, mm, not much. Um, yeah. Let's see. Keeping up with all those geckos. Yeah. I'm busy, dude. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's uh, they're getting big. I don't know. I, I put out ads for it and, you know, in typical fashion, the only people who respond are like, you got a pair, like a sex pair that are ready to reproduce for like super cheap. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's the best, you know, that's uh, the best. Like, you know, they're really into it when they want a yeah. sex pair ready to breed. And that's, I don't know. I think, I think you kind of miss the boat when you get adult animals. I like raising yeah. up stuff and seeing it kind of develop and grow and yeah. That's part of the fun, I think. Well, I mean, like, what's the whole, like, 
you know, you get a group, like whatever happened to get a group and raise them up and figure out their sex and pair Mm -hmm. them and all that. Like I I don't, I, when I buy animals, I, I'm like, look at them. If I like the way they look, I just buy them and then sort it all out later. And then if I have to, you know, if I get a pair cool, if I don't, then I'm, I'm hunting for more, but I don't know, man, I guess people want these, like, I don't want to do any work. Uh, Mm -hmm. just give me the breeders and, and they'll just do, you know, they'll do their thing. It's like, but then, but then those, the the people don't want to pay, you know, like if you were to, if you were to, you know, raise these things up and feed them and they're basically like turnkey breeders, people want the cheapest price on that. And it's like, no dude, if I'm just going to, you know, if I did all the work for you, sexing them out, raising them up, feeding them up and getting them going, like, why would that be cheap? You know, why yeah. wouldn't you want to pay? You know, you should pay out the nose for that because somebody did all the work for you. Otherwise, just do the work yourself and figure it out and enjoy the animals while you're growing them up. Like, I'm yeah. with you, man. I really enjoy raising them up and like seeing them through their different stages. And oh, by the way, you learn some things about your animals before you try to breed them. I mean, mm-hmm. I know. And some, some species are a little sensitive, you know, they get to your place and, and they don't adapt as well and i've always had much better luck growing up babies in you know the environment that they'll eventually be bred in and that kind of thing and it i agree it seems to work out much better that way Uh, you know that's just uh i'm curious to see when this phase of herpetoculture is going to go away the whole (laughs) i want to make money as quickly as possible you know give me the adult pair and (laughs) when when we get a stop stop uh dancing with that whole thing and you know i I imagine some states are earlier than others and some kind of lag behind it seems like we're still entering the i'm going to be a millionaire breeding ball pythons stage in utah (laughs) with with some of the shows here (laughs) are you still you're still stuck back in the in the uh the early 90s a little bit, a little okay. bit. You know? Yeah. yeah. You know. It's, well, you're not. You're, 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 you're not. You're not. Yeah. I mean, the Sutherlands came here several years back and, you know, really were producing a lot of cool ball pythons and stuff. You know, I didn't even see ago. a ball. I wouldn't even know that they did ball pythons from the last <laughs> yeah, show. I mean, they've they've kind of branched out. I mean, yeah. they still breed ball I'm pythons. I'm sure they do. Group, I'm sure they yeah. still have a lot, have of, their, a lot yeah. of different stuff. And, you know, I think, you know, the colubrids are starting to be. But it still seems like, uh, well, and maybe that's how it's. I, I guess reading this book kind of has me uh, thinking a little bit. The Stolen World, you know, it mm-hmm. talks about Hank Molt and and Tom Crutchfield and kind of that idea of, you know, they were raised on like the, the adventurers that went out and collected for zoos and things like that. And, you know, they wanted to be these guys exploring crazy places and finding very rare things that nobody'd seen before and bringing them back alive, you know, that kind of attitude. And, you know, it's, it's, it is kind of a cool, uh, idea or adventurous idea you know you think about that that would be pretty sweet you know it's very very romantic i mean it's a romantic uh tale for sure yeah kind of the hero's journey kind of deal Uh uh-huh but then Mm -hmm. at the same time they're just going there and and you know flashing money at the locals to go find them so it's not like they're really 
getting out there and doing it. So I hey, kind of like don't ruin much, their story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, they do have some great story. I mean, Hank Malt talks about climbing up a tree and catching a Fiji banded iguana and then falling out of the tree into a lake and then raising the iguana out of the water. You know, it's, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he got a lot, a lot of mileage out of that story. I'm but, sure. I'm no, sure. But at the same time, man, it's just like excruciatingly painful to listen to how they just screw each other over. <laughs> like they're all, just crooks and and you know doing all these things that are totally illegal but i don't know i guess that was kind of what they were raised up on and so now the next generation is raised up on like snakes and deli cups and and i think there's kind of a shift moving towards you know the excitement and field herping and just finding them and taking a picture and letting that be kind of what satisfies or satiates your, your excitement to find new species or to find more reptiles rather than buying them at a reptile show, you're getting out in the wild and and just finding them and taking a picture and walking away. You know, that's, that's a thrill very similar in, in many ways to acquiring a new species. Um, but, you know, taking a picture, you don't have to feed and change the picture you don't have to clean up its crap you know it's pretty pretty easy to take take care of a picture and then you can always remember that you know seeing that animal in the natural environment seeing you know remembering where you saw it and the situation and stuff and not all stories are as exciting as others you know you you roll up in a car and see it on the road it's not really that exciting as maybe hiking but do, but do you need to participate in the shakespearean tragedies of old in order to yeah. have a good theater in your life i right. don't know i don't yeah. know yeah but i i mean i definitely enjoy getting into a new place and just exploring hiking you know look looking for stuff trying to find you know you, you have much better uh you know abilities to research an area and to kind of see where people have seen them before, you know, you have information at your fingertips and, you know, even real time information, like people posting, Hey, I just found this. You know, and you're like, Oh, I know where they are. I'm going to go towards where they are and see if I can find it too. Or, you know, looking at iNaturalist and finding a point on the map and going, okay, it's been found here. I'm going to go search around this area, you know, that kind of stuff makes it a lot easier to get out and go find stuff. And, and, and I hope, you know, we're moving past and I don't know, I get it. I get the, I get that, that desire or want to be able to see that every day to, to have it, you know, in your reptile room and stuff. But at the same time, it, it makes it all that more exciting when you see one, when you know, you just have a, you know, uh, an hour or so with the animal and then you're going to let it go on its way. Um, there's something really cool about that too. And then, you know, you can go find another one and go, you know, back to that same area hundreds of times if you want, find different individuals and kind of get an idea of what the population's doing and all that kind of stuff. So lots of cool stuff to be done. So what I was saying before I accidentally unplugged my stuff and completely cut myself off, thanks for the save, Justin, and the public service announcements, uh, was that, you know, I totally agree with you. Uh, And I think, you know, if you kind of look at like where, I mean, I guess if you believe climate change and all these (laughs) things, like, you know, you you probably ought to get out there and see that stuff. You probably ought to get out there and go do that stuff because, you know, the, the pace of, of 
human uh, development isn't slowing down. We're changing ecosystems and, mm-hmm. and climate is changing ecosystems. And so, you know, who knows how much longer we have with some of these species uh, to even see in the right. wild. And, yeah. and, you know, maybe nothing wrong with keeping if, if uh, you know, you believe in the, uh, the, the, the theory of the arc and, you know, bringing some of this stuff into collections as a means to keep it around. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly I, I think most everybody um, is paying attention to, to the climate and where that's going and, and hopefully won't argue with me that if you want to see it now is probably the time and take your kids because maybe your kids might be telling stories about how I remember, you know, when I was younger, I, I could go see this and we can't find this. Anymore, oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, there was a really nice area to <clears throat> cruise for reptiles down in St. George. And I remember going going in there and just, you know, being excited about all the sand and rock and stuff like that. And uh, there was a little state park back, you know, set off the road quite a ways. You had to drive a little bit till you got to the to the entrance of the state park. And now the whole area is houses like condos houses they're up right up to the gate of the of the state park and it's just the you know i i get it people need to live somewhere but do they really need to pay you know pave over gila monster habitat i I don't know there's so few places in utah you can see a gila monster but yet we're gonna allow people to pay for the habitats and i just heard um the fine for filling uh tortoise burrow in florida with cement you know basically killing the tortoise in slowly as it you know the cement hardens around it um is less the fine for killing a tortoise is less than the permit to pave over you know their habitat or sure. so yeah that, you know or or to get them removed or whatever so so it's easier just to kill them than to get them removed and, and you know do the right thing so i that just makes no sense. I mean, I don't know. And, you know, I think there's a lot of instances where we're protecting animals into oblivion. You know, you, you put them on the endangered species list and, but if you're not protecting their habitat and and giving them, and, you know, recent studies have shown that some animals don't just need like an Island of habitat in the middle of, you know, human habitation. They need, a, a larger swath of, or connected areas of, of natural area uh, land and, and trees and all that, you know, their natural habitat or else they just kind of squand, you know, go away. They, they, yeah. Yeah. It's just frustrating. I don't know. And with the, yeah, you know, the, I, the laws in Florida, I mean, I don't know. You can't, you can't keep them anymore. You're just going to pay where they're happy pretty soon. We're just not going to have that resource. We're not going to have that enjoyment. So yeah. Maybe well, we- it just, it just feels like nobody has like, like there's no, there's no overarching plan. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's just, it's just a hodgepodge of, of doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I come and come at it from like a NEPA sequa um, kind of, you know, looking at what the environmental protections are, especially in the state of California, mm-hmm. which is CEQA and then NEPA, which is, is nationally. Uh, and NEPA is very, very weak, like very, very weak. It's it, what it basically says is you need to consider the environmental impact of what you're doing. What California says is you will, you will consider that impact. You will make mitigations, but like there's offsets you can make. There's, you know, that you're basically bargaining your way into something. 
Uh, and and you know, I mean, it, it, these are all these are all frameworks which which are set in place to consider the impacts of uh, uh, you know of human um, uh, of human progress, but they're not there to stop human progress. Yeah. They're not there to check human progress. And you know, in, in, in anyway, a city, you know, my city, Chula Vista, they they have built uh, tons and tons. Of houses, they've handed out so many housing permits out here uh, on what is essentially, you know, old ranch land, mm-hmm. um, and, and you know, it's getting so crowded here, and and it's so beautiful. Like you know, there's there's kind of by my house, there's there's chaparral mm-hmm. out there, and it's just trails you can walk chaparral, and it's amazing to go out, and you're like, ah, oh, they're gonna totally pave all over this, and it's just gonna be a concrete jungle, and it's gonna suck, mm-hmm. and there's gonna be tons of people. But how do the, how does the city generate revenue? How yeah. does well, not by protecting animals, you know, mm-hmm. and not by protecting, you know, us. Uh, coastal sage or, or scrubland, you know, they don't, that's not in the equation. Yeah. So, yeah. Just, you know, it's a uh, land huh. left. And, and I mean, I, I don't know, it's hard because I, I do like, you know, the federal lands and, and the ability mm-hmm. to have public lands where you can go and explore Now Utah is talking about, Oh, we want, we want that land for the state and, and we want to be able to sell it and make money off it. And, you know, you just see that just going bad you know right now yeah. we can enjoy well, and, these public lands and look uh, let, let, let's be honest about why public lands were protected it's not because it's not because of the selfless beauty that politicians saw in greater north america to protect for future generations it's because they realized that there's vast amounts of natural resource that we that the government wants to protect so that they can extract it for profit mm. Potentially, potentially later yeah. in time yeah. potentially mm-hmm. so so what do you do do you sell that all off to private people where the the bulk of the national treasure in in resource is held by private hands or is held by the government do i agree that's the right choice yes i think you know protecting public lands uh, you know all the uh, uh, national parks all all of that is good but don't get confused on why it happened mm-hmm. right like it, it it's it comes out of a selfish resource oriented, you know, growth and, and human, um, human, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I was encouraged human centric approach. I was encouraged by, you know, like bears ears in Utah where they, where they designated, uh, a large area in the bears ears, um, as, uh, protected land. And there was, there were quite a bit of resources and they, prevented those from being developed by, by making that. Now uh, the next president came along and shrunk that, but then since then it's been. And and that's, and that's what I'm saying is like, it just depends on who's in office and, and, yeah, and you look at you look at Anwar, you look at uh, the Alaskan Wildlife Refuge, mm-hmm. and you know that whole thing about like there's not that much oil up there, but but the whole concept was like should we let anybody drill there? Should we not? And the only reason extraction companies wanted to drill there is because if you can set the precedent that we can drill in a national wildlife refuge, mm-hmm. then we can drill anywhere, yeah. and yeah. then there's no and and that's what it was about. Yeah. It wasn't really about whether there was enough oil in the Make it, they didn't care mm-hmm. about that. They were setting, setting a, precedent a precedent about being able to go and drill wherever the fuck they well, want. I guess the, the main point is get out and see this stuff. 
<laughs> get out and appreciate yes. it because then that's going to make you want to protect that. You're going to vote to protect yeah. national lands. I mean, frankly, that's, you know, the reason I vote the way I vote is because I care about wild lands and, you know, protecting yeah, I, I wildlife and things like that. The other stuff is not, not really that interesting to me. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Sorry, folks. That was a bit of a left a left field rant, and uh, I am am prone to do that when environmental <laughs> yeah. uh, and that's and your background development right? things show up. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. my that's my uh, that's what grinds my gears, folks. That's what grinds my <laughs> gears. So, uh, yeah, he got me off on a on a tangent, and <laughs> yeah, and, that's not even our fight today. So. I know. That's what I was just going to say is that has absolutely zero to do with what we came here to do. All right. Well, so, should we do it? What are we fighting about? Let's, let's fight about caging. <laughs> should Ooh. should you make your own cages and, and design your own things and make your own, you know, fake rocks and stuff like that? I, I guess I've been thinking about that because that's what I've been doing right now. I mean, I bought some exoterra type, you know, front opening glass cages and I've been, uh, putting in fake rock and trying to make a naturalistic setup for some of my lizard species. And it, you know, it's pretty fun. I, I enjoy it. So I thought, well, let's talk about that. Let's, let's fight about caging. And should you make your own? Should you buy them pre-made? Should you, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, t- we'll discuss that. So pros and cons of making your own cages or, or buying. So. Despite all my rage, I'm still just a rat in a cage. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Um, SP. No, who, uh, Billy. Billy Corgan, Billy. dude. Billy Corgan. <laughs> yep. They, he was on Small Very, Wonder, right? Wasn't that the big debate back then in the 90s? Yeah. Was Billy, Billy the, Corgan was the on star the of Small Wonder. Oh, the, the boy star of Small Wonder, I guess the kid was, his name was Billy Corgan. So the there was the rumor out there uh, that that was him that started Smashing Pumpkins. And he went uh, from being a you know child star to Smashing Pumpkins. To being, a, to being an adult child. But guess what? There were two Billy Corgans. Go figure. I found nice. out there's 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 at least three Justin Jewlanders. I am not the only Justin Jewlander. There was another Justin Jewlander that was like up in Wyoming. You're the only Justin Jewlander to me, buddy. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. It's kind of funny. You're the only you're the only sweet lady D- DDP chugging Justin Jewlander. <laughs> I guarantee and that. herping for sure. Yeah. yeah. If there's another one, a, a sweet lady DDP chugging uh, herping Justin Jewlander. <laughs> Look out, world. <laughs> Look out. Because we have the Hedron Collider took us into the multiverse and got things screwed I up. I definitely want to meet that other Justin Gilander, you know. <clears throat> I did come close. I, what if, I was uh what if it's really Trevor? Yeah. <laughs> Trevor's real name is Justin Gilander, the nude herper <laughs> of Southern California. Dude, uh, it could be. Yeah. It could be he could be He's your the anti, he could the... be, Yeah, he could be your multiverse, <laughs> you yeah. know. Yep. Uh, oh wow! I, I feel like we crazy. we aren't you even high on drugs, yeah. and we're we don't want to go down stuff. that road, man. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Anyway, yes. You ready to call so, it? Oh my God! You're uh, hurrying me. Uh, I feel rushed. I feel rushed. I feel rushed. That's heads. Oh my gosh, tails, man! What has happened to your luck streak? It is gone. Disappeared. Let me see this coin. Did you switch coins? Or? I did not. Like, I got to figure this out. Heads and tails, Is that the heads same coin? Do you want to do a second All one? Right, it's legit. Just for fun. No, yeah, fun. yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's tails. 
It's heads. <laughs> what the fuck? Man, you're back. I even you went, went the opposite went direction. to 2021. What is going on We here? did. I think I got it's in your head. I, think I, got, I should get a whole year of winning before I have to start losing <laughs> right? again. You had, a, you had a good solid oh half a God. year. I mean, <laughs> right? <sighs> okay. Well, I'm going to go with uh, the... See, the pro building your own cages, like doing it yourself. Of course of you course were. I am. Of course of you course were. I am. All right. Well, tell me why it's better to buy some pre-made garbage cage. Because they look better. <laughs> they look better? Okay. Well, I've seen some of your rock work, so. <laughs> oh, oh, no. It's a work in progress. Oh, no. Hey, listen, listen. Compared to the Exoterra backgrounds, give me a break. Listen, the guys, the guys that do the rocks in Ari and Ari, they're all professionals. Mm-hmm. Julinder, you're an amateur at this. Okay, but they still look better than those foam backgrounds you get in an Exoterra. <laughs> I mean, that may be true, but, you know. Damn it. All right. Yeah, I agree with that, but that's not what we're talking about. Okay, here. tell me what 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 you're talking about. Oh, I was just talking about just regular cages. You have an RE build you cages? Is that what you're talking? About? Well, that would be awesome. <laughs> I I mean, yeah. I feel like Ari's busy though. He's got oh, yeah, other stuff to do sure. and can't. Oh, I'm so excited to see his place. That looks so closures. cool. Reptilandia, yeah. Texas. Hurry up and get done. Well, and from what I understand is there's maybe a company or a couple companies that do all that rock work because uh, it's a highly specialized thing. Yeah. And, and like the generally speaking, the contractor who does the zoos does like all the zoos because that's what they do. And they travel and they send people mm-hmm. places uh, to, to do that rock work because it's not the easiest thing to do. So I forgive you for your rock backgrounds looking like crap because, you know, there's people who do this professionally and yeah. and. They fly all over the nation. I'll, doing I'll, it, so. I'll clarify. It's just the paint job that looks like crap. The rocks look pretty mm-hmm. cool. <laughs> and okay, they fit well, really nicely. That, in the. I mean, and the lizards are using it, too. I saw them, like, go down the rock crack and in the little crevice. It was pretty sweet. Sorry. Proceed. They were, proceed. They were, they Tell were me again cracking. how crappy my stuff is. <laughs> no, I'm not saying your your stuff is crappy. I'm just, your paint, your paint job, job was bad. <laughs> yeah, it that's was all, not. Did not that's look fair, like what I was fair, going for, but. Yeah. And that's what I'm yeah. saying is maybe, you know, you, 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 you buy a cage and there are a lot of really talented people out mm. there who make caging and, and, you know, a lot of like these plastic cages are put on computer, C, computer numerical controlled machines and, and cut and they're cut to very, 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 very high tolerances. So they fit together perfectly. They have nice fit and function and, and, you know, there's several companies that are doing kind of aftermarket, you know, rock work and, yeah. and I can't think of the name of the, of the company now, but, um, you know they're out there, so so there's people who are um, who are doing that kind of work, and if you you know maybe maybe you're not a super handy person, maybe you're not that uh, I want to spend my next five weekends in a row repainting the rock wall in my cage that I'm trying to get going. Um, you know there's companies out there where you can just buy the stuff and and do mm-hmm. it and. You know, maybe it's not as necessarily rewarding, um, but but maybe some that's not some people's get down. You know what I mean? Like not everybody gets the thrill out of it. And I, I'm like you, man. I'm a I'm a do it yourselfer. 
Uh, and I, I like that. I, I like that shit. But I recognize that not everybody is like that. I mean, all my neighbors call a professional when they have a problem. And I'm like, I am the professional now, <laughs> but I'm just more of the amateur professional. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what I mean? Sure, sure. No, I mean, I, I agree to, to an extent that, you know, you do go through some growing pains, you, you, learning how to do this stuff. And, you know, my my early attempts at cage building were pretty shoddy. And, you know, I was trying to use the cheapest material possible and stuff like that. But, you know, I, you kind of learn by doing and I get rid of those and make new ones and replace those. So most of the stuff in my reptile room is stuff that I've made aside from a few uh, cages that I bought from you. From me, yep. yeah, <laughs> and then uh, a couple that you know I got from uh, a long time ago. So, but but the rest of them are pretty, you know, pretty kind of self-made. But um, I guess the the downside of buying those things is, man, those things are expensive. You get good rock backgrounds and stuff. It's going to cost you a pretty penny, even for a small segment. You know, for a smaller tank, um, you know say what you will about Brian Barcheck, but like he, he documented the building of the reptarium and showed all the, you know, the building, the cages and the rock work inside the cages and stuff like that. And he had a company down in Texas come and do it. Uh, probably the one you're thinking of, but they came up and did all the caging. And I mean, they had to, but that's not, but that's not cheap. Either. Oh no, no, and, I'm not and, saying that's cheap, and, yeah, but it shows you the process. But, 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 and I mean, he's, Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you have that. to be but like a millionaire YouTube like, star to, to make a reptilian yeah. or whatever. But, or and and, I, and I'm, I'm with you on this, but like, I guess what I'm saying <clears> is <throat> that as a guy who's bought caging and a guy who's built caging, you think that you can save some money when you build the caging. But what you find out is after you're done buying all the little things and all the stuff that you need, it ends up costing you the same or more money. Huh, I don't know. I, I haven't found that, but maybe it's the, you know, relative cost of building materials or something. I don't know. Like I, well, I mean, possibly, but I mean, I would also say it depends on what you're making it sure, out of. Right. Sure. Like, so, you know, if you're using wood, are you using, you know, three quarter plywood or are you using OSB or you using press board yeah. or are you using how thick is mm -hmm. it? Like, you know, what, what, how are you fastening it? Like, what are you, you know, like, I, I think all of that comes into play. And I, I guess to my point is doing uh, those natural enclosures and things like that, you need to have the right materials. You need to do it right. Otherwise it's going to fall apart and you're just going to be redoing sure. it. So, so, so you, one, you need to have the, the technical skill and, and, and some, some knowledge base around, around how to do that kind of construction. Uh, and if you don't, potentially you can cost yourself in the long run because you're always having to fix it or, you know, it doesn't come, come out right or, or, you know, you end up having to redo it. Yeah. And, you know, that's my first attempt at rock work. I was building a cage for some newly acquired Brettles pythons that I got from Casey Lazic and was building a cage and I wanted to have some rock shelves and rock work in there. And so I, I did my best effort, but I used the, you know, like the shipping um, boxes, the, the white styrofoam that's got little, little yeah, balls yeah. compressed. Right? It's like cellular. Yeah. yeah it's like, it's, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. coated that with tile grout and, and that was about it. And it did not hold up and it would chip and no, break yeah. anything, knock yeah. against it, or, or it would, you know, hit it hard. It would 
break. And so, yeah, I ended mm-hmm. up getting rid of that cage, but, um, you know, it was, it was kind of cool while it lasted. And, you know, I, 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 I was kind of happy with the, the way it turned out, but, you know, I learned kind of the hard way. So yeah, you're right. In sure. the long run, you might spend the, the same amount building several iterations of the cage, but the cage design that I really like, I haven't really seen, you know, commercially available for, for, to some extent. I mean, you could probably make most of the cages work for the design I had in mind, but some of the ones that I have were custom made, you know, with the drawer underneath the cage. So it's kind of like a subterranean burrow type area. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like that design. I'm surprised I don't, you know, nobody's kind of run with that and made that a, a staple kind of cage design. But well, and I, I boxes, guess, you know, with lights or yeah. shelves or something. But. And I guess there's part of me that kind of wonders like why, like, like what if, what if, we had a a uh, a much more robust you know manufacturing sector in the reptile industry and we could get that kind of like we could take ideas that that were more practical uh and worked in different you know had different design ideas and things and put and put them into practice but it's it's kind of not you know it's like when people start building cages they they just kind of go off of, de- of a design that like you know how many cages look like ap cages yeah. like tons and tons and tons of yep. them because people look at those cages and they're like ah okay i can copy this mm-hmm. design or i have this basic idea and that's kind of what they run with they're yeah. not trying to reinvent they're, the they're wheel. not pant- um, patenting those cages you know and it's and it's not right. a difficult design you know they've usually make them to maximize the materials and things. So, yeah. You know, yeah. it works. It's and and also some of those caging companies take forever to get you a cage. So if you can compete locally or something and get, get a local yep. cage maker, that's going to basically make you the same thing, you know, why not go that way? But yeah. And, and yep. really, I mean, I, that's kind of, um, the, the, reason I started making some of these cages is I priced out the materials and I found I could make them for half as much or, or a third as much or a a quarter as much, you know, it it is what people were charging for some of these racks or, or cages or whatnot. And so, um, and, and you can find little ways to, to make, I, I think it was uh, Alan Stevens that was showing me um, some, he bought some boxes from Uline, you know, just the wood shipping crates or whatever. And mm-hmm. he bought like a bunch of those and sealed them on the inside with some, you know, waterproof thing. He could actually hold water in it and it wouldn't leak into the wood and anything. And then, um, so I, you know, that's kind of my next idea is to get a bunch of those and kind of make them how I want them and have just a, a wall of, of cages that maybe connect, you know, so you can take out a divider and male and female can kind of, you know, interact that way. And, but then, the rest of the year they could be housed separately or something like that. So, you know, just, uh, different, different ways that can make it. And I think for, um, you know, they're, they're not terribly expensive and they come with all the parts you need to kind of assemble a box basically. So you just turn it on mm-hmm. its side, you have that front, you can make it a, you know, an opening door, put a, put a window in it or something like that, you know? So there's a lot of ways to kind of, make that happen. And there's a lot of tutorials online on how to make fake rocks or, or, you know, design your cage and, or outfit your cage for a lot less money, stuff like that. So I don't know, a lot of good options out there if you're, if you're looking to kind of DIY 
lot of plans, yeah. even, you know, with measurements and materials where you buy the materials and everything. It makes it really easy. Yeah, I mean, I do think there are a lot of DIYers out there and, and there's definitely a lot of, you know, there's no shortage of, uh, I, I think there's no shortage of desire to want to have customized enclosures. Um, you know, I, I just think that, um, you know, for some people like myself, you know, mm -hmm. uh, time is money and, you know, where I really like to do that stuff, but I'm, I literally between work and reptiles and my kids and, you know, family, hobby, dogs, all this stuff. Like I, I don't have a ton of time sure. to do that. And so in my mind, it's, it's like, all right, do I pay somebody for, you know, for, for it or do I do it myself? And, and maybe, you know, there's a little bit of both there and, and, you know, I don't necessarily think that, um, you know, having custom all decked out enclosures, um, is, is necessarily like, so I was checking out, um, Luke's YouTube and, and I was looking at his, his monitor enclosures where he had those, uh, Oh like yeah. Those, um, yeah. He had like, like Kimberly that, in that, the back, like vinyl, yeah. like vinyl screening or whatever. Sure. Like, and that's a, that's a really, that's a really, you know, and he basically used, you know, plastic cages. Uh -huh. Um, so you can, you know, I, th I think there's maybe, uh, a, a middle ground somewhere. Mm -hmm where you can do kind of custom work like that. That's not high, but that looks, that stuff looks amazing. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, but it's just a picture that's like put yeah. it in the back, but it's like, it's like, you know, and, 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 and it took him going out and, you know, you listen to him talk about it and he was like, you know, why am I wasting all this time trying to put all this, this stuff in here when it's, you know, look at, look at the area mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I just, I, I don't know. It was, just, it was impressive. The, the mental articulation that he went through. And I mean, yeah. he had to go out there and, you know, he was, he was out there in the NT and, and saw that and was like, okay, I can do this. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and just amazing, amazing yeah. work. But I think, I think, you know, maybe in a, in, in, in a rare omission of fight club compromise, uh, I would say that, you know, there's ways to do both. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I think it just, it's, it, unfortunately, I think it kind of comes to some of the people who want to get into, you know, the, the manufacturing and retail side of, uh, of dry goods and services mm -hmm. for, for reptiles is they, they need to up their game. Sure. They need to up their game. And, and, you know, it's, it just seems like, you know, I'm just going to say it. It just seems like rather than keep promising people, uh, oh, we're going to up our, you know, capabilities or whatever. And, and your, your lead times never go down. They're, they're just eight, you know, eight or nine months. And, and, you know, despite what they say, it just doesn't sound like they're upgrading facilities if it's still eight, nine months, two years mm -hmm. later, right? Like, yeah. so that's just what they're telling people. And it's kind of like, oh, well, we're not going to expand our, our manufacturing base, but maybe get into other ways. You know, like I, I just, I think specializing, I think doing different stuff, providing different services, um, maybe a, a path forward and, you know, I think if you can really innovate some different designs and work with some of these really, really talented keepers and and get different design ideas out there, 
maybe there's plenty of room in the manufacturing base to grow mm-hmm. and you offer a customer something that they don't necessarily have their time, the time, maybe they have more money than they have time. Sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, definitely, mm-hmm. I, I guess the other, the other thing I would kind of bring into this is aesthetics, you know, and like you said, maybe it doesn't turn out this the way, but I guarantee nobody else has a cage that looks like mine, you know, even with the crappy paint job, um, <laughs> you know, and, and you got kind of a touch of what, what you want in it. And I can always, you know, re redo the paint job if I, if I really wanted to and, and, and try it, try it again or try a different look to it. Um, but you get something that's unique and, and if you can do it well, like, um, Christy from the natural herb keeper, oh man, those videos are fantastic. Uh, she, she does just a fantastic job in, of making, you know, those fake rocks. But even I heard her talking on a podcast where she said, um, there was one that she went to the actual habitat and realized that the cage that she made was way off and she needed to redo yeah. it, you know, because it didn't look like she wanted it to, or it didn't look like the environment that, you know, that the animals lived in. And so she wanted to redo it to kind of have that slice or that, that, uh, piece of nature. So you can remember, you know, the, the experience you had in the wild, seeing that animal or whatnot, and then seeing that in kind of the, the, the natural environment. And I think that's, that's really, you know, what we, what we kind of want is to, to see that animal doing what it would, was, um, what it's evolved to do or what it was born to do. Oh, you do. So, yeah. you know, I, I just got to point it out because everyone hears my dog. So I was like, I hear your dog this time. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. So I, I, I like that idea of not just, I, I mean, you go, if you go to a reptile show and every table has, um, these, you know, clear displays, towers, you know, the three stack of the, of the clear acrylic displays, and they're all filled with ball pythons. You go to the next t- table and it's the exact same thing. You go to the next table and it's the exact same thing. You know, you, you get, get my drift. And then you get to the AAR table that has the, <laughs> the, the, rock. the, the red exactly. rock work with the, the sign over the top. Exactly. And I, I helped set that up and, and tear it down more than yeah, once. So yeah. I know what you're talking so about. So I, I mean, I, 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 I like the idea of having something different in your herp room that somebody's going to walk into and not see in any other herp room. You know, it's kind of cool. Like, like I if you walked into Luke's herp room, that would be impressive. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, this is yep. awesome. I could sit and look at this. Just like when you go, you know, when we get to go to uh, Reptilandia in Texas, you're going to see these enclosures that nobody's attempted before for reptiles, you know, maybe sure. for a Komodo dragon or something, or, or maybe a croc monitor, but like they're putting these Eastern diamondbacks in, in a room size enclosure, Mangshin's Viper in a really big, you know, enclosure. A Mangshin's Viper deserves. Yeah. Really right. Big enclosure. Those things and are I mean, amazing. I, I yeah, think that's kind of a, that's, what's going to keep at least somebody like me coming back is because you might not see the animal in there. <laughs> it's big enough and there's enough places to hide. You might not see it, you know, and you might have to come back a few times, spend the whole day there and, and coming back at different times to see if the animal's out basking or doing something. Yeah. That kind of excites me now, you know, that I guess talking to Steve and things like that, that's kind of how zoos should probably move to. So it's not necessarily about the people. 
you know, where's the stupid lizard? I just, you know, I just want to look at the lizard and move on. But I, I want to, I, I remember going. Well, you, it's got to, tra- it's got to translate though. You know what I mean? Because where's the stupid lizard is what a lot of people come to the zoo. Yeah. For, right? I, I mean, I, guess I, I get, I get what you're pointing uh-huh. out. I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong, uh-huh. but at some point you, you know, if you go to a zoo, you got to deliver animals, sure, right? Sure. Like yeah. no one wants but to go to a zoo where they can't see. You any have animals. to deliver animals in every cage. I mean, obviously you go to the zoo and you don't see some things, right? You go, you right, go to the cage, yeah. but then next time you go, you might see it. And then you're kind of like, Oh, that's cool. That's something new that I missed last sure. time, you know? So I don't know. Do we cater to the morons who, who think, you know, everything's a, a boa or you know, like the, the don't, you know, I, I don't know. That's hard to say. I, I and, mean, and I'd say they, the world caters to morons, but you know, yeah. w- w- what are you going to, I mean, like we go with the lowest no, common you denominator. Don't cater, no, you don't cater to the lowest common denominator, but, but you do create a zoo. If the zoo is the metaphor that we're speaking I mean, of, cause right you could now. plop down yeah. a big snake in a, in a, in a uh, animal plastics cage and there's no missing it sitting right in the middle of a barren cage, you know, with nothing but a water bowl in there. You could do that in a zoo, but yeah. And that's what they're moving away from. Right. They had like these almost jail cell, like enclosures for big cats. I remember our zoo, our local zoo in Salt Lake just had like, uh, like a battery of these um, cement cages with maybe like a, a little water feature and maybe a big log or something. But basically they were, they were jail cells, you know, they just were mm-hmm. cement and, well, and they'd hose and them mean, down but, and, you know, but part of, but, but part of, part of design and part of, of, of manufacturing mm-hmm. is figuring out ways that, that make, yeah, like I bring was saying, the animal out. to, to, to to, 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 to make the animals feel safe, mm-hmm. make it be able to access hides, but still maybe be partially accessible to people yeah. or to promote behavior, which is going to bring that animal out once a day or, mm-hmm. you know, cause it to exhibit normal behaviors, which brings it out into the enclosure and forces it to, to interact with its mm-hmm. environment. So I think. You know, in in the zoo world, that is about being really, really good at animal behavior and animal care, and 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 translating that into uh, working with talented people in construction to create an environment which makes all of those things happen. And and if you do that, then then all of a sudden it's not. You know, how, how, how many hides or how many places can we make to put this animal and nobody ever sees yeah. it to, you know, how, how do we find a real naturalistic play uh, that people understand? Hey, you're not always going to see an animal, but it's in there. Oh, I kind of see something there, but the animal's kind of just out of view. And then maybe the next time they come, because they come at a different time of the day, they totally see the animal. You know what I mean? I think there's there's a lot, there's so much to it. And, you know, I I, I think that um, that can be part of the benefit of building. But, but I also think that, you know, going back to my original argument, not everybody can go through all of that. So I think there is levels to the appropriateness of of you know buying versus building mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and and i think there can be reasonable ways that people can 
do things in their own enclosure when going back to the eco you know foam background things yeah. they're not the they're not the best you're right they're totally not the best but are they better than just having four clear True. you know glass yeah, walls yeah give it another yeah, surface totally. area yeah Yep. 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 And, 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 you know, you can, you could do like a, you know, you could do, uh, you could buy your eco and then you could do the cocoa wall and you could put your plants in there and let them grow out. And I mean, there's all, there's all, it's, it's so stratified sure. yeah. into how much you want to do. And do you, you know, do you necessarily, and, and, and to you, it's really, or, or to, to, you know, somebody it's, it's important to them to make that enclosure look like, the area of habitat where they went and found that animal. Some people are like, man, I can't even, I don't even, I don't even know what that habitat might mm-hmm. look like or whatever, you know, it, it's, it's more than it means to them. So, you know, and, and, and maybe they don't have the talent for building those things. Yeah. So, you know, it buying that stuff or may, finding, you know, ways to innovate that stuff uh, and make it plug and play has has some real value to people who want to interact like that, but can't. Sure. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think uh, I remember uh, um, Jason uh, boys took us to uh, Camo's Reptiles, his his place. Um, he's he's this Australian dude that's just got this. His house is pretty much just like a, a zoo or a you know a, a, I mean the enclosures that he's made. For example, he you go into one room and there's a coffee table in the middle of the room, but it's actually a glass extension of a whole room cage below, and the top of a tree comes into this coffee table, and you can see like Boyd's forest dragons on the tree and stuff, and so they'll come up the top of the tree. So like the enclosure would be downstairs, yeah, yeah in the, in and the, you can like look down into uh-huh. the enclosure. That's ridiculous. It's crazy, and like yeah, he had like. Crazy you know, cages that just went into the wall and he would just access them, like open the cage and it would be this huge cage that's built right into his wall, you know, and have like a rock face on it and all these little lizards and stuff. It was incredible. Like it was really that's cool. That's amazing. And, yeah. uh, and, some- and see that's, and that, but, but that's a level of construction oh, yeah. and a level of commitment to a non-traditional living mm-hmm you know, a non-traditional living. Like most people were like, no, my house needs to look like my house. Yeah. Like I no, no, you know, very few people are willing. No, I mean, maybe a lot of people we know are, are like, no, I turned my house into a zoo. <laughs> like my house is already a zoo. It just doesn't look that awesome. Oh, yeah. Right. Like I get that. But, but I think, you know, there's just like, most people don't have the building skill yeah. to, to do mm-hmm. that. I remember walking into, python pete's kitchen and he had like a wall of cages in his kitchen you know it was pretty sweet and that's where all you know a lot of his breeder animals were down in san diego so pretty pretty cool stuff um you know i i think we can all and and obviously people with you know hundreds of animals in a small room are not going to be able to make a giant cage for each one and 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 these are kind of novelty things like uh camo's reptile room it's, it's all like, you know, ca- well, just cages all along the walls and they're pretty good size, mm-hmm. but they have, you know, quite a few animals in them and stuff. And so, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty amazing how he, I don't know how he keeps up with all that stuff. He's got to hire somebody or, or some buddies, you know, to, to keep up at, with all that stuff. But 
um, you know, you can, you can do certain things and chip away at it over time. You know, like mm-hmm. me, I, you know, I'm, I'm very busy as well, but I'll spend, you know, like a, a an hour after work, you know, like I did today, yeah. I got home from work yeah. and I, I took all the, you know, the, I, I used the expanding foam to stick the fake rocks to the glass. And so I went through and kind of trimmed the edges. So it looked nicer then the next step Mm -hmm. is just to throw a coat of you know tile grout over the over the rocks you know then the next step is to add another layer so you know hour half hour after work i can kind of knock that out in a cage and you know it takes longer but then at the end i've got i've got a a unique product that i've you know made myself and even though i didn't make the exoteric cage i did the inside of it. So I don't, I'm not saying that you need to necessarily make all the cages and stuff and you can get things, like I said, those boxes from Uline or something and, and turn them into a really cool cage, um, pretty easily, but. Mm-hmm. And I, but I, and I mean, I also think there's just a lot of people who, you know, maybe don't necessarily focus on the rock work mm-hmm. or the wall or the, this, but they focus on like, you know, proper cage design and, and, and what goes into sure. that cage. And maybe, maybe there's people who are more flora focused. They're doing just, you know, uh, almost, uh, you know, little, uh, the, uh, arboretums or whatever in there, you know, mm-hmm. uh, they, they don't, maybe they don't even put an animal yeah. in it. Maybe it's all plants. Uh, but, but I think, you know, what, what I was going to say is, you, you know, I think, when you get into the kind of camos size, you have to do that stuff, right? Yeah. Cause yeah. when you start putting water in places mm-hmm. and, and running electricity and like doing all those things, like you do that shit wrong. You will, you could completely fuck your house sure. up. Yeah. Like you can cause you yourself, your shit, your you know, yeah. thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars yeah. of damage if you don't know what you're doing. And so but you can do like, that with like commercial you, you know, caging too. I mean, like buying a cage with, heat heat tape installed or installing it yourself uh, absolutely you burn it down just as easily you know so absolutely and i mean and that's just simple like not adding up the amount of uh, uh of uh you know uh watts you're putting through uh when you plug yeah. into a strip yeah. or you know like i mean there's there's definitely some some very basic electricity stuff mm-hmm. that'll that'll do you just as bad as 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 you know some more like uh, mechanical, you know, piping, piping and water and things like that. So yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and oh, I tell you, you know, I'll, I, that- I'll tell you what, that was one of the primary things when we got this new house was I wanted to design the reptile room to, to mat, you know, to fix all the flaws that I had in my old room. And one of those yeah. was putting outlets every, you know, five feet along the wall. Yep. And, I, I did. And you don't want them down at the bottom. Yeah, you want them up exactly. a little bit They're higher, like, right? Like, yeah, you, up almost, yeah. almost at head level, you know? And, yeah. and I'll tell you what, I lost the feeling in my fingers for a few weeks from twisting, you know, wires and stuff like that. And, and yeah. I, I wired up a bunch of stuff wrong and then I had to redo it and I messed up my fingers even further, but it's definitely worth it. I have the feeling back now yeah. and, and it's fantastic. Which is yeah. good. <laughs> so I was a little worried there. Good. I'm like, did I just mess up my fingers for the rest of my life? You know, but, uh, it, it's, it's so, it's so nice to have all that, you know, the, all the outlets, uh, all around the room and just knowing I have sufficient power to, to plug in whatever I need to, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's been nice. I yeah. agree. I agree. Yeah. And I just, I just think that, you know, 
there, there is a, there's a degree of technical skill. And, and to your credit, you know, once you've done a few cages and you've kind of spent maybe that extra money because you had to go back and redo it or you work it out, you gain knowledge and that knowledge is always yours. You know, I, 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 I'm like such a big fan of talking to my kids about gaining skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause once you gain skill, like I, I will never be unemployed mm-hmm. because I have so many skills. It may not be necessarily the job that pays me the most mm-hmm. or the job I want to yeah. do, but I will always be able to have employment because I'm highly skilled in a lot of different sure. things. Right. Yeah. And so learning those skills, you know, that it's, it's such a, an important part of, of, you know, just, y- a person, yeah. I think it just, that's me personally. I mm-hmm. think that, but you know, you, you made those mistakes to gain that knowledge. Mm-hmm. And, and, and now, you know, you, that, that money that you spend, that extra money you spent is like an education. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. We've got a, a local shop and, and, uh, um, the, I know one of the workers I work with her husband and she was like, just, putting together cages, you know, kind of putting, putting in the decorations and like just getting it ready, just like basically just add the animal, you know, and, and, Mm -hmm. and those, those cages were flying off the shelves. I think they figured they made like nine grand in a couple of weeks, you know, it's like from just those cages. So, I mean, you can, if you can do it right and you can do it quickly, it can be profitable and and help, help you out and, well, and I think, you know, having uh, an artistic, yeah. you know, where your artistic background meets your, you know, your technical skill and, and your and your knowledge base of, of ecosystems and reptile care needs and all these things. If you can translate that and help people, you know, that 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 is filling a service that not everybody yeah. has. And yeah. so, you for know, sure. there there's a place for just spending your money. You just need to know when you're spending your money the right way or Mm -hmm. when it may, you know, just buying something that looks pretty. That's not like at all what the animal would, would need or, or doesn't function very well. Like that, that's, that's not, that's not so great, but so kind of hard maybe for, for the newcomer or, or somebody who doesn't have that background to know, but you know, at the same time, like, you know, it's, it, it, you can get yourself in trouble. I feel like if you, if you don't have, you know, some of the technical knowledge you need and you start wiring up electricity oh, or definitely. doing things like that, yeah. you can, um, you, you can burn, you can burn your shit down. Yep. So. You got to be careful with all that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know. I guess I like kind of having my own touch in things and being able to, sure. you know, hopefully, reproduce to some extent what you know i would think they would be doing or what i've seen them do in the wild and that kind of thing i mean you know it's doesn't necessarily have to look necessarily naturalistic i i think i've talked about this on the pod before but i made these uh did you just call it the, the pod? pod the, the fight pod. club pod but i made these like the uh um basically reed stacks but they're branches yeah. I think I talked about that, right? Where I have gaps in between the different layers. So it's like they're in a a crack in the wood or something, you know, and they can kind of go. I believe we called them vertical limb. Yeah, vertical wood limb cracks. (laughs) Vertical limb cracks. Um, So, you know, that's uh, that's just something that, you know, you can kind of think of and and try it out and it's been working cool like i was watching my i've got the the camera focus on this was for the gurnia depressa the pygmy 
spiny tailed skinks and I have a camera on them so I, I can watch them, you know, from work or whatever. So I'm watching them on my phone while I work away and, and, uh, they're, they're up there using the <laughs> vertical limb cracks, mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And I guess, you know, I guess, I guess where my frustration comes in is you have these big companies, the Zoomeds, the Zillas, the, you know, and they have their product lines. Um, but, but there's nowhere where, you know, Justin Julander's vertical lem cracks, uh, are, are, you know, designed and concepted and, and put in. It's, it's, it's just kind of very cookie cutter. And mm-hmm. I, I guess that kind of goes to like, you know, one of Ryan McVeigh's kind of arguments about a lot of these big companies. They, they just kind of like, you know, uh, have a line and they go yeah. with it and nobody ever questions how appropriate it mm-hmm. is or whatever. It's just a product that's, you yeah, know, the, on the shelves. The at four inch, every reptile yeah, the four inch log, the four inch long half log, you know, ho- half hollow log. Yeah. Like what purpose yeah. does that serve? Like, it's not a good it's, hide. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like, no, it's not. Unless you it's, pack it with and, like, uh, other stuff, you know, like, but yeah, it's not the best hide. And, 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 yeah. and the materials, like there are literally pe- people taking vector files and making like, like really detailed, like animations that from like when I was a kid mm-hmm. in their own 3d yeah. printers. Like yeah. I know you have a 3d printer. Yeah. I just, I just think that our, our, our manufacturing technologies, even at a home level have gotten to such a point where I'm just kind of like, really, this is the best we can yeah. do. really that's and it's like you know and 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 obviously like you know like a lot of that that uh foam rock work from that company ah it's still killing me and i can't think of the name of it but you know cool stuff but it's really expensive yeah but that's because they're the only people who do it. yeah there's not a lot of competition for that yeah if there was competition to drive price down and people were actually you know doing it and on on more of a level but that that requires an investment and, and time and energy and, and devotion. And I, you know, I, I don't even think we can get a certain cage manufacturer to up their production level to bring their, their lead times down. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I just like, it makes me question or like, what are we really doing? You know? And, and maybe that's a point for you. Maybe that's, you know, to your credit of like, I'm not waiting for these people to innovate and make technologies. I'm going to just go out and do it because yeah. I'll be, you know. Are you thinking the people, universal rocks? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, yeah. I think that might be what I'm thinking. Yeah, they of. have a yep. lot of yep. cool products, but yeah, they're really pricey. I mean, they're expensive. Yeah, very pricey. And, 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 but you know, I don't know, I don't know that there's other companies doing yeah. that so yeah they can afford to and, be pretty and I, pricey and i'm sure it's probably not super cheap for them to do sure. that but it can't be that it can't be that bad well, like the thing you once know. you have the form it's just a matter of it's filling it in you bad. know and making more you know yeah. just pumping them out and you know i think they're they're flexible to some extent you can kind of cut them to the mm-hmm. size you need i think that's what barcheck used in all his um big enclosures and you know they i think cool. that's what I think you were the one who turned me on to those things. Mm-hmm. And that's what you had said was that, that Barchek had used those things and yeah. that they were really cool. And they were, they were kind of, you know, a little versatile in how you can use them. And, and mm-hmm. uh, so that, yeah. yeah, I just, I, I mean, I think that there's stuff out there. I just don't think we do a very good job yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, and so I, I get, I get why people like yourself are like, screw it. I'm not going to buy this or wait on somebody to 
build this stuff or what I'm going to just do it myself. Yeah. And, and again, like I said, if, if you just have a few animals, maybe it's not that bad. You know, maybe it's not that expensive. Yeah. I guess I'm thinking, well, if I want to make, you know, 10 cages and I have to, you know, buy a, a 24 by 24, you know, background for 160 bucks, then that's going to add up real quick, you know, but then again, I mean, that's really not too terrible, you know? And yeah. I guess, you know, we need to kind of, I, I do think there is some merit when they say, you know, we need to be more like the fish community who spend thousands of dollars on their tanks to house a $20 fish. You know, I think a lot of times we do exactly the opposite, build a, you know, $20 cage to house a, you know, $10,000 animal or something, you know? So, but, but, but do you think, and I, I'm not a, I, I don't roam in the fish circles as to speak, <laughs> you know, sir. So, uh, but do you think it's like, uh, I come over to your house and we're both fish guys and you show me off your setup and that's like your Boland's Python. You know what I mean? That's your, yeah, like, I, like mm-hmm. the setup is like part of the, you know, it, it's kind of, Less about the fish, but almost like it is about it the fish. It definitely could it's be that way. Setup, you know but what I, I mean? But I think it, it could be the same for reptiles. Not that there's anything I mean, wrong yeah, with exactly. that. I, yeah. like it, I mean, I think – Like if you if you come and show somebody, here's my single setup, and I have a pair of, you know, anoles in here, and it's like a you know huge enclosure and, and with all decked out with naturalistic, you know, that would be pretty cool. Even regardless of yeah. what's inside, you know, you're just like, wow, that's a, I guess that maybe is some of the appeal of Reptilandia where it's just the, the cages are incredible, you know, the, the mm-hmm. different uh, mm-hmm. environments that they've built in there, you know, so that's part of the, part of the enjoyment is looking, you know, trying to find the animal in the, in, in the environment. And it would be just almost like, kind of a little bit of herping you know where you're looking sure. to well, find you're, you're not just engaged by the yeah. animal you're engaged by the entire environment yeah. that the animal and, and, that's, and that's i mean i i would say that's part of you know that's part of the enrichment in the experience which zoos need to do really yeah. well is is to invite you in not just mm-hmm. you know teach you about where they live you know their behaviors um all right there, all right there within the four walls of that enclosure, yeah. however big or small it yep, is. For sure. Well, you know, there's, there's lots of uh, positives and, and negatives to kind of building your own things or, or buying, you know, pre-made things. And I guess just the, the main point is put, put some thought into it, you know, make yourself a little slice of, of the environment where your animal comes from so they can fill at home and kind of perform in the niche that they were, or the nipper that they were uh, designed Thank to fill. I, I always forget to say nipper instead of niche. Um, you know, uh, then you can kind of get, get that, uh, slice of the environment in your home. It's kind of a cool way to do things. Um, enough of this, you know, sterile white wall just kind of yeah but i mean i will say like i i I, again i'm gonna go back to to luke's you know uh uh you know uh uh, graphic that he put on those monitor enclosures and that's that's like what a dude that blew me like it blew me away how how fantastic that was but that's a pretty straightforward thing like that's not you know we're wrapping cars with all of these crazy you know final wrap and and 
right there. That's a great, that's a great example of a way to really up your cage mm-hmm. game without having to do too much really expensive construction. Yeah, but that's and, not I the mean, only I'm thing sure he's got that, in there. He's also got no, no, hundred percent. Yeah, and your yeah. and your point is well taken. Mm-hmm. But but I guess what I'm saying is for people who you know you know have just a stack of of um, you know cages you can make those cages pretty engaging and and obviously he's gone that extra mile um you know with everything that he does in his cages and his cages are freaking amazing um but 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 you know that that idea brought me back to like you don't have to you know go all in to make something that's more engaging or, or, you know, you don't even necessarily, you you can just do eco Terra design or, or, you know, whatever. Um, I, whatever I I gotta, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, uh, Brandon Shiflett from rare earth. I don't know if you've seen him. Yeah, no, definitely. Gosh, that guy is next level. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's quite a few out there that just really have, Oh, definitely. But man, Brandon goes the extra mile and just has some killer stuff. Some amazing, you know, he's a, that's his business, right? He's breeding reptiles and, and he's got these giant enclosures, zoo quality, you know, cool rocks and, 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 but also usable space, you know, he's got nesting areas and things like that. So he's, he's doing it right. And he's very successful with that and, and doing very well with the monitors and some of the, other you know small lizards from australia um and his his display at tinley was killer (laughs) he was the coolest thing there you know just big rock outcrop in the middle of tinley you know with with different cages inside it was pretty sweet so yeah i i guess i i i'm not a big fan of the cookie cutter so i kind of like that personalization whether or not you buy it but just make it your own make it a make it a slice of nature that's my yeah. That's my finishing plea, I guess. <laughs> sure. Well, and I, I mean, I think you know. Certainly, I don't. I I won't argue with that. I don't think anybody yeah. out there argues with um, you know people wanting to create the most top quality, realistic you know slice of of animal environment, uh, realistic to their natural habitat. You can create, but you know, there's all skill levels. There's all. Um, you know, everybody's situation is different. Everybody's experience is different. And, and quite frankly, everybody's goals may be a little bit different. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, I, well, I agree with you, um, that, that, you know, d- design and things like that are an important part. Um, you know, there's, I think that there's, there's design in all manner of echelons in the hobby that, that, meet more animal needs or we can do better for animals without having to go all the way to, you know, creating the, the natural zoo enclosure. I mean, is that awesome? Yeah. I mean, but should you let somebody call you an asshole for not doing it on the internet? No, fuck that guy. You know what I mean? So, um, I think, you know, there's there, you know, people should think about ways to, to do better in their enclosures. And, but I don't think there's anything wrong with building and buying. And I think, you know, if, if some of our, our retail, um, you, you know, manufacturing sectors would, would kind of change up and get away from the fucking half log, you know, stupid ass, like debt, you know, uh, dead dead tyrannosaurus rex head or the the alligator skull yeah. you know it's just like all right whatever yeah. like yeah i get it we're 
you know, rah, we got you. Okay, cool. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think we can do, we can do more, we can do better. And, and, and so, you know, I definitely hear where you're coming from. I would say that I challenge, you know, all of those creative people who have great ideas in our hobby to work with really talented keepers and, and, and do something more for, you know, um, for the reptile hobby as far as making, you know, stuff people can buy and make it more plug and play. And I mean, we, we could really, really, really take things to an interesting level with the, with the type of materials technology and things that, that, that are available that, you know, wasn't like that when I was a kid. So um, I think that's probably enough of me. All right. Well, yeah. (laughs) Thanks for listening. (laughs) <laughs> to us, uh, yeah that was rough i was like whoa damn he cut that off quick <laughs> and thanks to our new sponsors die dr pepper and welch's fruit juice fruit juice yeah. that's correct um, yes they're delicious we're, we're really excited about that sponsorship man that sweet fruit chew money is just gonna come rolling in now i'm sure <laughs> all right well um any good content out there you've been listening to this week um, just, just the podcast, you know, listening carpets, coffee, yeah. uh, NPR. Um, I have not ventured too far out into the woods, uh, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Um, so sticking close to home, listening to, listening to the guys. Yeah. Um, I did listen to, so need, um, need to do better. The, uh, TH or THN herpetoculture network, uh, mm-hmm. snakes and stogies. And they, they talked to Derek Dixstra about his, uh, emerald horn pit vipers and other stuff. It was pretty interesting. Pretty cool stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know enough about venomous to recognize a lot of the scientific names they're throwing out there. So I had to stop and look them up and stuff, but really, uh, interesting stuff. Um, yeah, good stuff. They had, uh, Adam Bryce from wild nature on the Australian herpeticulture. Oh yeah. 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 Listening to his, you know, stories about uh, photography and all that kind of stuff. So good, good stuff out there. I, uh, I gotta admit, I haven't, haven't, uh, listened too much to some of the ones I, I have a feeling I need to listen to some more of the, um, really a Python radio network shows, but I don't know. They're getting so many, yeah. dude. Uh, these guys yeah. need to calm down a little bit. I only have so much time in my day to listen to podcasts. Yeah. And, and I guess yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, which is a true, which is a tribute to the pod father sure. and all that he oh, does. But, yeah. uh, you know, man, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, I can't, I can't do all yeah. these. I'm the same way. Like I, you know, I guess you just do what you can listen to what you can, but, and then when it's, topics you're maybe not as exactly into you know I'm, i I don't really do boas or colubrids so it's yeah but i i have listened to some of those shows and they're very exciting so you know get on check out the the uh different podcasts and really python radio network and i do like the diversity i do like listening to something other than pythons once in a while you know and, and other yeah. things but of course uh if given the choice i'm gonna choose pythons first so <laughs> Keep up the good work, boys. All right. Well, thanks to her, uh, the 
Oh my gosh. Morelia Pythons Network Radio for hosting our podcast and supporting us. We really appreciate you guys, Eric and Owen. You guys are doing some fantastic work. So looking forward to herping with you in a couple of weeks there, Eric. Um, anything else? We're gonna... Teespring, Patreon. Yeah. Check out all their merch. They got some Reptile Fight Club stickers, mugs. You can represent RFC, support, support Just... the show. So be fun i i need to grab some walk up and slap a sticker right on somebody's face (laughs) you'll get a fight out of it i bet yeah probably (laughs) so if you hit them hard enough for sure (laughs) all right well thanks for listening to reptile fight club and we'll catch you again next week for another episode fruit chew you justin fight club